So it's been a very exciting and unprecedented week in the Dubai real estate market. We're going to talk about some highlighting figures such as the highest ever property value for an apartment sold in Dubai. Correct. Do you know, we were speaking about this off, off, uh, off camera, Lewis, and I, I've got a point here. So mm. obviously it was in the Bulgaria, it was a lighthouse called Lighthouse Development, mm. and it was sold for 410 million dirhams. Yeah. Okay. Now that works out around 10,520 dirhams per square foot. Yeah. Okay. Following on from that, that was a 38,000 square foot unit. Following on from that, in Jumeirah Bay, there was a three bedroom that was actually the How most- How many times say following on from that? <laughs> and following on from that, I'd like yeah. to make it clear, by the way, on this podcast that I was going to highlight some facts about what's gone on in Dubai. and might shut me down after about eight seconds. Because I know I won't get a word in edgeways, that's the problem. Are you joking me? You'll just go on and on and on. I've got all my points here, I've been ready. You've just come in. And then just going to take over. Well, if you so it's my podcast today, not yours. Yeah, okay? but if you stop and re-record this, you've spoke eighty percent of the time. <laughs> just me a question. <laughs> Carry so, on. Alluding to that. Alluding to that, yeah. So there was a three-bedroom that sold as well last week uh, in Jumeirah Bay for forty-two point nine million dirhams. Yeah. Now that was actually the most expensive. Forty-two point nine. Forty-two point nine for a three-bed. Hear me out. Yeah. It was the most expensive price per square foot. The city's ever seen as an apartment. Oh, wow, how many square what price per square foot? 13,543 dirhams per square foot. And that's on the Bulgari Island or Jumeirah? Yes. Okay, Jumeirah Bay. Jumeirah Bay, yeah. Wow. So that's true, the lighthouse. So I've got a question for you then. So I'm very controversial here, but I don't really care. I'm just gonna say it how it is. Bulgari Island, I've been there, okay. Outside of the Jumeirah Bay side of things, you take Bulgari as a, an island, it's empty. Lifeless? It is lifeless. Like I can't understand outside of the the kudos of saying that you own that. I mean, you've got the the yacht club there, the Bulgari yacht club, but there's no retail around the water. People don't even come off the boats. Like I give you a perfect example. If you said to me today, where would you want to live? Take the kudos out of the question. Uh, West Beach on the Palm, where you can bring your boat and you walk, and there's restaurants and you've got some beautiful places there. Or the Bulgari outside of the brand. What? What does it? What, why is it so good? Why are people wanting to buy that? I think you're looking from your lifestyle. I'm mm-hmm. the same as you. Yeah. I need bustle. I need hustle. Like you say, yeah. when I lived in downtown, I loved the roll because I like to hear the noises. You were young then as well. Well, yeah, it's that as well. But people, for instance, we have a couple of clients at the moment. Yeah. And we're trying to find them properties. Let's say plus fifty million dirhams. There's, first of all, there's nothing available. But secondly, they want something where they don't want to see anyone. They don't want to be around people. They don't want to talk to anyone. Whereas me and you, I like saying hello to, to, to my neighbours. Or I like. I don't say hello to you. Don't. don't, don't. Oh, no, uh, you, by the way, no one in today's world says hello to their neighbours. Do you actually oh, say hello to your neighbours? Of course. I am the rudest neighbour. No, you are. I, I only am, see you in where. Yeah. Call I'm, myself a friend, and I never see you anyway. Yeah, needs to text me. Text me. But going back to what you, what you were saying is, I think the. There is there are people who want that side of privacy. They don't want to be around West Beach. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get. I understand that, but I'm gonna leave you with this. I wouldn't mind, but I don't even know a shop yeah. that's on the island. Yeah. Like, if you want that privacy for 42 million, move to the Palm. Yeah. Move to a villa on the Palm. Like, it must have more than what I see on there. And I, to have a 14,000 square foot price per square foot puts you in Mayfair territory. Well, three thousand pounds. This is what I'm gonna go on to. So I was looking this morning and I always, and again, the analogy that I've got, it might not be a, well, it is an accurate analogy, yeah. but it might, some people might say, well, you can't compare London to Dubai and listen, I'll argue all day about yeah. this. So I just done a quick 
Um, I went on to Right Move before. Yeah. One Hyde Park. Yeah. Sixty million did sixty million pounds. So yeah. say two hundred and forty million dirhams, a nine thousand square foot property. It works out to twenty nine thousand dirhams per square that. foot. And it's someone will buy it. It's three times as much as what the most expensive property is just sold for in, in Dubai. I think the thing is that if you look at Knightsbridge mm-hmm. and you look at uh, Berkeley Square or these areas, Mayfair, they have life around them. And I think that's such a big thing that's really detering me with this area. And that that will change, but I just think that... Do I think there's growth in, in Bulgaria Island and the, the Jumeirah Bay? Yes, Jumeirah Bay... This is my perspective on it. You have the villas, okay? The villas can command any price they want because they are beachfront villas in an ideal location. But the apartments, I am going to sit in question. But we can come on to that. But let's, to finish on this one, let's look at the one kilometer circumference, what you've got. Mm -hmm. You've got the Mandarin Oriental. You've got the Four Seasons. Everything seems to be going up towards that end. Yeah. The high net worth individuals are, start, are starting to go. You've obviously got the canal now with Mr. Yeah. C. Then you've obviously got the Four Seasons residents. Yeah. All of these residences now are starting to go gravitate yeah. towards more than. And so, listen, that might have an impact. Not might, I think it will have a massive impact in the next two or three years as well. Well, that goes on to what I want to talk about. So I wanted to highlight one project every week and what I am interested in, what I th- find uh, an interesting project, and it is that end of town. Mm-hmm. So my favourite project at the moment, which we were talking off camera last week about it, is about me investing in it. I haven't decided fully if we're going to do it, but in Wamsabeel, the one and only uh, branded residences. They've got the hotel and they've got the residential side of things with simplex and duplexes. So that type of project, the branded residence, there's a massive market here, isn't there? I totally agree. I totally agree. But I think we... I think your purchase is a little bit different to everyone else's purchase. You've, mm-hmm. in terms of investment, yeah. Uh, obviously, what it is that it, it's a it's a massive brand. Yeah. It's a massive brand. I'm a little bit concerned about the, the location first mm-hmm. and foremost, but the branding side of things, like you say, the likes of Bulgari, the likes of Mr. C, the likes of all these other brand, different Four Seasons. Yeah. There's a massive market for it, Luce, because it's worldwide. Well, well when we look at Zabia One, so obviously it's got commercial, hotel, and residences in it. It's obviously at the roundabout just after the IFC. Yep. Uh, you've got the Sheikh's Palaces next to it. So it's got the biggest cantilever in the world, yep. which is effectively a bridge connected between two. Within there, they've got Michelin star restaurants. I've seen they've got an overflow swimming pool into it. So when you look at this, it's the same question I asked about my beloved Atlantis residences. Yeah. Okay, which I talked about. Lot. Yeah, they've just had completion notice Both today. time as well, by the way. I know, yeah. But that is actually not a good location. Let's be honest about it. I'm not Atlantis. No, okay. not really. It's not a good location. Yeah. But once you build a resort and a community within a community... What is the palm? I get that. But this is DIFC. Zabil. Uh, technically, yeah. What I'm trying to get across to you is if the community is good enough and the development is then that will be a community within a community. How you've got DIFC, this will be one Zabil where they will have restaurants. If they've got 15 restaurants in that cantilever and they've got the best nightclubs, it becomes the place where people zone in onto. So well, it's an overflow as well of the of the regeneration in DIFC as well, isn't it? So yeah. I, listen, I definitely think, when we, again, we were speaking, you're a little bit different to, to, to investors. You're buying it to not put anyone in there. Yeah. The question no, I'd is... Put, I, w- I want to clear it up. I'd put someone in there, but this investment is different. So all of my investments are yield-based. This one is brand and, 
what do you call it, trophy asset that probably have a lower yield. But I think this is my genuine theory. If you buy a trophy asset in a key location, your yield might be lower, but your growth will be a lot higher. So for instance, as Dubai is getting more popular, I honestly believe Burj Khalifa has undervalued, like dramatically. If you're telling me now, and you're the expert in this, so I want to ask you this question. So let's say, for instance, the Atlantis residence is six and a half thousand dirhams yeah. a square foot. What's the price per square foot of Burj Khalifa right now? So it depends on views. Obviously, low views. Uh, Give me a good one. Let's say low view, uh, one bedroom facing the fountains. You're looking at around about 3,500 dirhams per square foot. So it's half the price of... And this is in the middle of downtown with restaurants, walkable, DIFC. In the biggest town in the world. This is what I'm saying to you. I, I, but going back to what we were saying before about the lighthouse in Bulgari, Lewis, and, and um, the one, the three bedroom that's sold in Jamaica Bay, I'm sure the viewers watching, I think, they go over all ground all the time. Yeah. Dubai is still undervalued. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Royal Atlantis is still undervalued at 6,500 dirhams per square foot. Yeah. When you compare, again, I'll argue till I'm blue in the face, all major cities, Hong Kong, Singapore, London. Yeah. It's three, four, in some cases, five times more than what we're seeing our most expensive apartments sell for. Dubai is a major city, and I just think we'll draw a line under that. I think we, we can agree. Okay, so um, next on things to talk about, UAE has announced the dream jobs for the, for people to move to Dubai. What do you reckon the number one dream job was for people to come to Dubai was? It's definitely not real estate. What do you reckon it was? Um, aviation. Very close. It's your old job, poet. <laughs> what was the number one job? A poet, yeah. UAE dream jobs revealed. I've never met anyone that says, oh, I'd love to be a poet. Is that even a, say, is is that a even, job? Is that even a job? I don't, do, you, do you get, I mean, I could tell a right. Do you know what I think? And, and we'll touch, again, we'll touch on, on the off-plan mark, and you'll understand what I'm going with here. Dubai is now starting to be, I feel, cultural yeah. and cultural, cultural as well. You look at, you know, you look at the new developments, that has just been launched JLT by Ellington. Yeah. So they're going down the the cool vibe, like the, the podcasts mm. and the paddle courts and things like that. And I think Dubai now is starting to catch up with the rest of the world. I agree. Without the, the, the muggins and the Without, yeah. And the tax. Which is always a plus point. So number two was scientists. Number three was YouTuber. Mm. Number four was influencer. Yeah. Number five, comedian. Do you class yourself as an influencer? I'm more like an influencer comedian together, a bit like Ricky Gervais. Right, like, okay. <laughs> That's if you can see that on camera, <laughs> don't um, do that again. The, what, that, don't do that. Mate, that that's, that's his trademark. <laughs> um, and then weirdly, number six and seven. Number six is a dream job is football coach, and number seven is footballer. Well, I think a footballer above. Yeah, mm. no, they're saying coach first. But I think you're looking at the the age groups. I'd like to see the age groups of, of saying that poverty. You wouldn't have a 21 year old pole, would you? No, definitely not. But I think a lot of a lot of it's got to be made up this. It's 100%. Got to be made up. I, I think we move on from this one. I'm going to blame Alini, who's the head of PR, for sending <laughs> this in and uh, telling us that number one person for it's not CEOs or real estate no, or anything. No. Okay, so that was number one jobs. And there have been obviously some um, interesting situations with the visa. The most first one to get onto the golden visa. I got my golden visa last week, which was quite a cool thing. It was annoying me because. I've seen so many people over the last eight or nine months uploading there. People can look, I congrats, thanks, Sheikh Mohammed for the golden visa. I was like, how have I got a golden visa? To be honest with you, I hadn't chased it because my visa was still under process and you've got to go through the process of getting it. So my visa was running out in February. So I sent to a head of HR, I said, look, I want the golden visa. How do I get it? And the reason I'm sharing this journey with everyone is so they understand what you need to do to get it. Um, so what I did was I had to take my... Uh, 
So I'm under a golden visa for property investor, which most people will be. Um, you need to have paid up capital at a minimum of 2 million dirhams in your purchase price, not on the valuation. So that's important. So it's not, any house has gone up in value for the last three years, they'll ask you to show you that you've got 2 million capital in it without that. You then need to show your bank statements for six months where the payments have gone into that account. Uh, and you go to a place called The Cube, which is in Dubai Land Department on the third floor. They'd sit down, you process the documents, um, and then you'd get an automation, which is actually quite cool from, compared to some of the stuff that I've seen. As soon as you do it, it will tell you and automatically trigger an email to you when you go through the steps. So the steps are uh, you start the process, you to upload the documents. It then goes to approval in the GDFRA, which is the uh, GDFRA, it's the stamping government area. And then you've got to do your medical. So you do your medical on the same te- time you hand in, which is strange because normally you do it after. And then once the medical's done, you make sure you've not got HIV or anything yeah. like that. Lines, um, you then get the process 10 to 15 days later. So that cost me around 9,000 euros to get a property investor visa. And literally within five days after, I've managed to sponsor my two kids and my wife. They're all now 10-year visas. So, I know when you started the process. I know you started maybe last year or 18 yeah. months ago and you just, I think you just- I gave up on it. Bothered. But this time it seems to be a little bit more seamless. And I think like you say, it was only 15, 20 days before yeah. before you got it. I actually gave up on it because I, a bit like sometimes Dubai jumps the gun sometimes before they are ready to do it. And they announced the golden visa 18 months ago. And I remember it was just, wasn't even a real process. They were like, yeah. can you show me your bank statements? And you probably didn't send it. I never heard anything back. And I was like, I'm sure I've just sent my bank why did, statements. Why did you go for it? Um, I just couldn't bother to go through the, like, I think it's the main thing with a lot of people. You, you want to know where you're going to be yeah. for the foreseeable. So. I mean, look, I'm going nowhere. And I thought, well, why do I want to do another blood test? And then like, I'll give you the perfect example. This is how interlinked Dubai is, which makes it an amazing city. But, you know, I'm getting messages from Emirates MBD saying, and do, we need you up to date Emirates ID. And then that expires. My phone cuts off. That's a disaster for me. I think it's it's massive for the city. I really do. I think it's massive for the city to keep, to keep individuals Again, like you say, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So many people now, and obviously the growth of Dubai in the last three, four, five years, and what will be in the next 15 yeah. years, it's only going to bode well for the city. I think it will get easier. I think this whole exclusive gold visa right now is a perfect way to to blend people into what it is. But I honestly forecast that if you forward maybe five years, a standard visa could be 10 years anyway for a working visa. There's it's, no reason not to. Yeah, it's like anything in Dubai, Lewis. I know we, we, we always go mad because sometimes the process is a little bit backwards, but yeah. I do think now they are forecasting for five, six, seven years and it are, the processes are becoming a lot more easier to, to carry out and to get done. Do you know what I love the most about Dubai? And this is where I think England have completely got it wrong and Dubai have got it on the money. So for instance, if I crashed my car now, and I ran away, they'd have my they'd have my plate number. Yeah. The plate number would be able to link to me. Yeah. But because it's the government, which is Dubai, they'll be able to see my blood type, yeah. how much money I've earned, how much I'm remitting. Yeah. They can see where my DY bill is, they can see where it's logged to, they know my phone number. It's so scary, it's scary it, but it's amazing yeah, it because you know, go back to the UK. The UK is in so much trouble at the moment because they've got people from all around the world going there, which is no problem but they don't know who's there and they don't know what they're doing. Like you need to know who's contributing to the city. Where are they? Are they a danger? I'll give you the perfect example. Like I went into this a few months ago. I went into a community and I think I wouldn't speed or something happened. And the security guard obviously had my phone number and then he passed that onto the security and they were like, hi, how you doing? Is he on number plate this one? Yeah. I said, he's got your phone number. This one, da, 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 da. we're going to send you a letter. And I was like, yeah, cool. No problem. 
but how quick they can do that. I mean, if you go into a secure development now, they've actually got um, the cameras, like in Jumeirah Golf Estates, that linked to the police, which linked to the thingy. So, for instance, someone parks in front of your car, they can call you on your mobile number and email you and find out where you work come and get you. I read something on this. That, um, it was actually yesterday. Would not, was that, in fact, it was one of our colleagues who told me this. A guy had been, um, he is building at the moment. Have you seen them robots in, in that were in Expo? That were going around and delivering pizzas. Yeah, I have seen them. Yeah, so yeah. He was the he was the founder of, of whatever yeah. company that is. Well, he so, works here now. No, no. I couldn't say one of our, one of our say, colleagues' yeah. clients. So anyway, he's been commissioned now to do that across the city. Yeah. So it'll be if you're in wherever you live, yeah. and someone sees you and you've got a criminal record and yeah. they're trying to find you or whatever it may be. They can find who you are. It's what the robot will knock on your door. It, I don't know how far away they are. I am here for but you. Going you can go from, I know, but going on from what you said, they are streets ahead of, of, of a lot of cities in my But opinion. that makes it the safe. This is one of the reasons it's the safest cities in the world. You know, you, you know, I'll give a perfect example again, and it just digging a bit deeper into it. We had the Labour Office in our office last week, um, and they couldn't do an inspection once every six months because of the size of business. Yeah, how are we getting on and what we're doing? And um, and he said to me, okay, cool, no problem. So running through the process, have you got a face ID on every person yeah. that comes in? Yeah, of course we do. It tracks the, the person when they come in. We legally have the obligation to do that. Every meeting room has cameras in. There's like, no problem. Can you get me the log for every person that's come in? I said, no problem. Sent it to him. I just sat there and thought, wow. Like It goes back to, to property prices. Yeah. You know, what's the most important thing for you at the minute? You've got two kids. I've got two kids. Appreciation. And, yeah, and appreciation. <laughs> and safety. Yeah, but... <laughs> Security yeah. for our kids is the it's priority. But Appreciation first. Yeah, okay. Yeah, then safety. And then wives. Yeah, then wives. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last thing I want to talk about here was two things. Is number one, uh, Aldar entering the Dubai property market. Yep. That for me could be the most underrated news in the market because the backing they have and their financial firepower is frightening. Bigger than Neymar? Yeah. By, by quite a stretch, I think. Well, and you look at these, you know, the developers coming to market, Lewis, you look at Arada, Arada yeah. are making massive noises now, and they were, I think they built a couple of developments in Sharjah. Yeah, they're really they're coming, Sharjah. coming to town in Jamaica Golf Estates with a, you know, with a massive development there. But if, again, it's all positive signs, and we, like, we speak a lot of, of coming it, but yeah. all these things, and whether it be a developer, whether it be investment, whether it be foreign investment, whether it be golden visas, there's nothing at this moment, and I'm sure there is, and you can stop me here. There's nothing at the moment for me when I'm seeing any negativity. Nothing at all. I think Dubai is capitalizing, as we said in every other podcast at the moment, they're capitalizing on the rest of the world. I mean, if you look at Abu Dhabi, it's just a different market to Dubai. Yeah. And I said this to some of the, some of the top guys that out there last week. I said, Abu Dhabi is great, and it's its own little insular market where people are involved in it. and we know it will do well and we continue growing, but Dubai is just explosive and it's not comparable to anything else in the world. I'm really surprised that they haven't come beforehand. Very do you know surprised. what I think the next biggest market is? Honestly, Ras Al Khaimah. Yeah. Ras Al Khaimah. Just because of the gambling laws. The gambling laws, but if you've seen, they've just announced the uh, Nobu Hotel yeah. in uh, on Marjan Island. Yeah. Um, they've obviously got the MGM going there. So they're trying to create their own little ecosystem where... It could become the Vegas of yeah. the UAE. And if yeah. they pull that off, why do people come to Dubai? Yes, the weather's great, but to be honest with you, it's the entertainment and the lifestyle. And if they manage to create that with the beaches that they've got and everything else. That goes back to the branding as well, doesn't it? It's massive. Go back to the branding. 
obviously the people behind the brand will do their forecasting and, and so on and so forth. You, this, Imagine me and fun. you at the weekend, you're going, what do you want to do? Yeah. Oh, we can go to Rassau Cambridge, we can stay in the MGM, go to Nobu at the weekend, go to XYZ. You're yeah. like, wow, like this is a yeah. cool place to yeah, be. It's true. So it'd be interesting because obviously they need to get people there. And the last thing to touch on is the Schengen visas. Uh, UAE residents allow uh, tra- residents traveling to the EU no longer need stamps on their passport. So the EU have approved a new strategy to uh, move from the physical Schengen visa to allow application and digital stickers. Going forward, visa application will be processed through this single online platform. Additionally, members of the EU Parliament also want to make sure visa applications would, uh, do not get refused, effectively making it more easier for people Again, it's just to ease. travel. It's just ease. Like you said, you mentioned before, also if you have a crash in your car, You've got an app on your phone yeah. that you can contact the police. You've got your Eminence ID at your fingertips. You've got your everything that you need. You don't have, it's not like don't carry a wallet anymore, but Imagine it's just it. making everything streamlined, seamless and easy for, for, for people coming to country. And that is what Dubai is about. I think it's just trying to invite people to enjoy the future of what is coming for Dubai. And I think we've said it on the last podcast, taxes coming in, corporation tax, all this money coming back into the government. It's the first time the government has ever asked for money yeah. from, the, from the people. Yeah. And, you know, you see their plans to make it more greener and everything else. I think it's got a very exciting thing. But you know it's going to go back into the economy. 100%. That's the thing. 100%. Well, thank you very much for coming to watch and listen to me and Mark uh, talk about everything, real estate and news and visas and investments and wives as well. Wives, yeah. Big up the wives. (laughs) Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye.